Welcome to Giant Cocktails Happy Hour, a podcast where two amateur mixologists introduce homemade cocktails and discuss what makes each one a giant hit. Now, here are your hosts, Finn and Matthew Henry. Hey, Flavor fans and Tipple Titans, I'm Matthew Henry, your jovial journeyman in this vibrant bazaar of beverages. Rolling out the carpet with me today is Ben Henry, the Chancellor of Chasers and Cheers. We're here to whisk you away on a magic carpet ride of mixology, soaring from the classics to the creatively avant-garde. Whether you're an expert with a shaker or just starting to dabble in dashes, we've got the goods to tantalize your taste buds. So don your party hats and tune those taste receptors. It's time to dive into another episode of Giant Cocktails Happy Hour. How you doing, Chancellor? Chancellor? So first of all, I might ask, I'm going to ask some clarifying questions that the answer might have been to in your opening, but I stopped listening after you said chancellor. Okay. Because I had to look it up. <laughs> and and it, it either means that I am the leader of Germany or I am the head of a university or carpet rolling. You said something about rolling out a carpet, but we were rolling out the carpet. <laughs> yes, we are rolling out the carpet. Yeah. So maybe I'm the chancellor of carpet installation you could be yeah i could actually use uh that skill if you want to come on over uh, next week. i'm believing the chancellor doesn't do any manual labor matthew <laughs> i think the chancellor just points and tells other people so i could come to your uh, house and, and point and yell at you while you put in the carpet how about that I heard, i'm married i already got one of those <laughs> you're right i'm sorry so yeah, so I, I think Chancellor is good. I like it. It, it. It's off the beaten path. I'm still a leader. I'm still potentially the head of things, but it, we're going in a different direction. At least it's not nautically based. Well, I actually, it, it, so so she she uh, she, I I didn't know. <laughs> I just genderized Chat GPT. Uh, Chat GPT did tell me you were an admiral again. Oh, again. And I. Yeah, and I said, please create a new intro. Give Ben a new honorific, but please stay away from nautical themes for now. <laughs> wow. And then she was like, got it, Matthew. Here's a fresh, landlubber-friendly intro. Clever, <laughs> clever, clever chat, GPT. Well, so anyway, I'm happy to be a chancellor, and I also had a, a good week. I actually had a horrible week. I didn't get a single thing done on any day that I had planned. So, So that's why I had a bad week. But on the other hand, Matthew... Even though I could have been bitter okay. about all of those things, the fact that the month of bitterness is now over has me so excited that I didn't have to drink a cocktail that had Campari or sweet vermouth in it this week that it just made everything else seem okay. You know, I got a little bit of sugar and I got a little bit of lemon juice in my cocktails this week and suddenly life is great. Spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down, Ben. That's right. And and that just goes to show you, folks, when you're having a bad week, all you need to do is drink. In moderation. In moderation. Yeah. That, yeah, that was bad. That was... <laughs> Maybe... Okay. Okay, look, folks. Um, many, uh, um, hmm. Look, folks. Anyway, Matthew, how was your week? 
<laughs> you know, my week was a week. I look back, I'm trying to think now what I did. Can't remember a darn thing. So it must have been just a normal everyday week. I went to work, came home, you know, that kind of stuff. So I, not a whole lot to regale you with. The girls' soccer game, she didn't elbow me in the neck again. So really can't talk about that. They only lost like three to one or four to one on Saturday. So they're getting better at losing. Oh, that's boring. You know, but yeah. Anyway, I guess the week was good. Finish that cat tree that I think I mentioned last week. Well, I bet our listeners have been waiting with bated breath, Matthew, to know whether or not the cat tree was finished. I'm sure they have. And it is done. And the cats, the two kittens immediately claimed it. And we're running all over it and jumping on it and having a great old time with it. The older cat was like, what the heck is that? Which is great because now she's got her own. The kittens got theirs. Mission accomplished. All right. Well, you know, so what's coming up this week is Halloween. And by the time this this episode publishes Halloween, it will be a couple days in the rearview mirror. But I still haven't figured out what I'm going as for Halloween. Okay. And so I wanted to ask you, Ben, what's your favorite Halloween costume that you've ever dressed up as for Halloween? A bag of groceries. Seriously? It was the most creative idea I ever had as a kid was to go as a bag of groceries. The worst costume I ever had was a bear that was supposed... No, no, no. That that, that was an Ewok. <laughs> no, no. It was changed to a bear because Matthew... <laughs> uh, see, this was my favorite one of yours as a kid because every door we went to, uh, they would be like, oh my gosh, what a cute bear. And you were like one pissed little Ewok. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, no, because like, here's the thing. I remember that I changed it to bear because I was supposed to be an Ewok. And then, you know, they used to have this little parade of, of costumes at school, right? All of the, man, I'm about to say like classist stuff. Let's just say that our household wasn't as well to do as other households. And a certain class of children showed up in these Ewok costumes, that were better than the movie, right? Like Lucasfilm couldn't hold a candle to these moms. And yes, they were all moms. It was the 80s, kids. It was the 80s. Like, don't don't come at me. This is how it was. It was like Stranger Things, but real. And, uh, you know, they came at me with these amazing, like Lucasfilm produced Ewok costumes. And I looked like a bear. And so I knew that, like, I didn't even tell people at school that day that I was trying to be an Ewok. I just told everybody I was a bear. But, yeah, so that was the worst costume I ever had as a kid. And I'm glad that you really wanted to talk about that one. But the best one that I ever had was a bag of groceries. And, folks, I looked like a goddamn bag of groceries. I really did. That's awesome. I might have to steal that for, for Tuesday. <laughs> what was your best costume? Uh, so, as a kid... I remember being a Darth Vader when Star Wars first came out and we went down to like, they didn't sell the costumes at a normal store back then. It was kind of a novel idea to have a costume made from a movie. So our mother did find out that they were selling them at the local comic book store. Oh. And so we went down to the comic book store and bought this like plastic Darth Vader mask and a plastic cape. Right. And I just went around talking like I was Darth Vader for like weeks. I think this mask lived in our house for a long time. And if I remember correctly, back then in the 70s, they the masks were a, a very thin, filmy plastic with a rubber band that was stapled yeah. 
that was stapled to the sides of the mask. And so it was really just the faceplate. And then you just wore that. Yeah. Wow. Man. Better times. (laughs) And then as an adult, just a few years ago, I went as the son of man, which is a painting by Rene Magritte, where he's wearing a hat with a apple in front of his face. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so I walked around basically with this bowler hat and an apple just bopping my nose for the evening. But through my troubles, I actually won the the best costume award at this party that I went to, which was actually a very large like event. And I won the best award, uh, best costume award. So that was my favorite uh, adult costume. Wow. All right. All right. Well, enough of that. You know what time it is. Is it that time? It is that time. Time for tip, tip of, of the, the day. day. Tip of the day. Tip of the day. And and I, so I threw down a, a tip. I was just thinking about this as I was creating my original cocktail today. And, and since you're bringing an original, maybe you can share some thoughts on this too. But I got to thinking, like, how does one actually create their own cocktail? And so I feel like there's some steps involved to this. And I think the first step for me was find a spirit that you want to use. And perhaps it's a base spirit like rye. Today I'm using a rye whiskey, but that's actually not the the spirit that I started with when I made this cocktail. So, so perhaps there's another complementary component. And today I actually had some, what's it called? XP? No, I'm sorry. PX Sherry, which is stands for Pedro Jimenez Sherry. And I really wanted to use that in a cocktail. It's a very sweet sherry, and I'll talk more about that in a bit. So I started kind of looking at how I could use that in a balanced cocktail. And so I went with rye because rye is a very spicy kind of counteraction to a very sweetness. And then I added a third component that I thought would add some dimension and flavor. So you look at what you're starting with and really remember that the ideal cocktail is balanced between sweet and sour or boozy and not so boozy. What did you do when you're, when you're looking to make your cocktails? Ben? Um, hmm. I would really like to answer that question in depth, but I think I might save my answer until I talk about my cocktail. Okay. That sounds good to me. Well, I guess we should jump into it. Is it my turn? I think it's my turn. To go first. I think it's my turn. Uh, I'm going to consult last week's episode. It's your turn. <laughs> Fine. Oh, no, it's your turn. Don't, okay, you don't have to okay, look okay. at last week. All right. I had already looked up last week and knew that it was my turn, but I was trying to do that for like sake of you to be like, well, by all means, it's your turn, Matthew. No, I was trying to steal it from you. It's your turn. Fine. Go. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So today I'm bringing a cocktail that I am calling Spirit of Sonoma. And uh, the reason that I'm calling it Spirit of Sonoma, Sonoma is wine region. And in this particular cocktail, as I mentioned previously, I am using a sherry called PX Sherry, Pedro Jimenez Sherry. And I'll talk a little bit about that in a second. But what's in the uh, Spirit of Sonoma? Well, it's got two ounces of rye whiskey, a half ounce of PX Sherry, and a half ounce of Cointreau, which is kind of funny because we are using very similar ingredients here, and two dashes of Angostura bitters, and a Luxardo cherry, and an orange peel twist for garnish. So, so what you're going to do 
in a Nick and Nora glass, you're going to add one Luxardo cherry to the bottom of your Nick and Nora glass with a little bit of that syrup from the cherry also sitting in the bottom. And then in a mixing glass, you're going to add the whiskey, the sherry, the Cointreau, and the bitters with ice. And you're going to stir vigorously for 30 seconds. And then you're going to strain it into your prepared Nick and Nora glass. And as you're doing that, you'll see the syrup from the cherry kind of start to blend in with everything else. And then you're going to take an orange peel and you're going to express the oils over the drink and discard the peel. You don't need to keep that in the drink because you've already got the cherry in there. And then you're going to enjoy your very nice spirit of Sonoma. So this is a very boozy cocktail, folks. There is nothing but booze in this one. And it's not something that I normally do, but I really wanted to steer away from kind of the traditional templates and do something that was more kind of boozy. And maybe I was getting a little inspiration from Ben's like Manhattans and things like that. Yeah, and there's a mistake in here. Well, I'll, I'll get to it. You keep going. Okay. You made a mistake in here, though. Oh, all right. Well, I'm sure you'll point that I out. I will. So, but going. Okay. We'll get there. Okay. So the spiciness of the rye is first and foremost. You still get a little bit of that rye burn. But sherry provides an underlay of kind of dried fruits and nutty sweetness. And then the Cointreau gives it this bright, zesty undertones as well. And the Angostura ties it all together. So it adds its own bit of spiciness, but also plays off the citrus and I think the deeper flavors from the sherry. The sherry provides a lot of sweetness and the Cointreau does too. So it is going more towards the sweet side of a boozy cocktail, but nonetheless, something that is very sophisticated and very tasty, and I'm really enjoying it. And I'm if I keep gulping this or sipping this, I'm sure that I will be drunk before you're done talking about your cocktail. So that's what I'm drinking, the Spirit of Sonoma. I really like this, Matthew, but as I said earlier, and I know this is a Matthew original and, and this is your recipe, so it can't be wrong because you created it, but I'm pretty sure you made a mistake here. Okay. The sherry should really be a very, very bitter sweet vermouth. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I'm looking at this. I'm looking at the lineup that you have here. It's like two ounces of rye whiskey, half an ounce of Cointreau, two dashes of the bitters. I don't think you need the bitters. Like, just remove those <laughs> because they're just going to be totally overwhelmed by, by a very... Uh, punctious. Is that even a word? Unctuous. Um, just obnoxious. <laughs> sweet vermouth in place of that sherry. And honestly, but Ben. ben do, yes. The, the the month of bitterness is gone though. Oh. Oh my god. I don't. I didn't have to do that. Oh my god. Oh my god. What's <laughs> happening to me? <laughs> what is happening to you? I don't know. I don't know, Matthew. I don't know. Although I will say, <laughs> in all honesty, I do think this would be an interesting modification to this cocktail for people that are into that. I think the sherry is actually a, a, a very good item to remove from this particular recipe and replace with a sweet vermouth because the sherry is providing sweetness as a sweet vermouth does. But as you said, it's a very sweet but spirit forward cocktail. A way to counterbalance that sweet might be to add a a little bit of bitterness from something like the sweet vermouth. And going back to our tip of the day, that is actually one of the ways that you create a new cocktail is, is that you take an existing recipe like Matthew's 
And then you make modifications to the recipe that might be more aligned with your particular palate. So if you're one of the evil, I, if you're one of the mistaken, <laughs> if you're one of the perfectly normal, reasonable people who likes bitter cocktails, then that might be something that you would want to do. That being said, man, it's weird how we often show up with the same or very similar cocktails. Because I get it that we're brothers and that we might be interested in the same things, but to do the same things at the same time is in some ways a little weird. It's a little weird. It is a little weird. That being said, there's a huge difference here, which is you do not have tartness in here, right? This is right. a very spirit-forward cocktail and you might be full-on inebriated by the time i even get to starting my cocktail if you drink this thing quickly that being said i do i do like it i like that you're taking a step off the off of the usual templates and doing something that's more spirit forward right it is very sweet focused but hey we like sweet cocktails so there's nothing wrong with that and by removing the tartness you're definitely moving into a different direction but also based off of a very tried and true template, which is the sour, but now you've swapped out the sour for the sherry. Yeah, and this cocktail is not far from like some of the classics, like the Martinez, for example, is a gin cocktail that has, as as you were mentioning, sweet vermouth and maraschino liqueur. Right. And I actually started this cocktail using the maraschino liqueur as my sweet liqueur. And forgot that I really don't like maraschino liqueur all that much. I, I tolerate it at times, but I feel like I was making a cocktail for me. And so I swapped it out with Quattro and enjoyed it much more. So, but I think those two, the Quattro and the maraschino liqueur provide that same kind of sweetness and herbalness that uh, counteracts some of the sherry and rye. So it served a purpose. And and I, I really, I think it, it ended up being a pretty good cocktail. Yeah. it's Well, it's interesting you say that because the Martinez is, was actually a cocktail that was on my list of things to make during the month of bitterness. And in fact, if I hadn't created my Halloween cocktail, I may have actually made the Martinez. We still have to scratch it off the list at some point, Matthew. All right. Well, you have fun doing that. <laughs> well, I'll do it next <laughs> October, Matthew, when the Giants miss the playoffs again. That, that'll be my month of bitterness next year. Next year. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, that's what I'm drinking. So it's your turn, Ben. And you had mentioned that you were going to save your tip of the day answer for describing how you came up with this. So what are you drinking today, Ben? I assume it has rye and Cointreau. It does have rye and Cointreau. So this week, Matthew, I decided that I wanted to go with a sweet cocktail and honestly a tart cocktail and i'm not a tart cocktail kind of fan but i just wanted to go back to a sour because i love sours and it just felt the right way to wash away the bitterness that i've been experiencing for the last month so i am not making a bitter cocktail this week i am making a sour okay but i also wanted it to be an original and i know that at the end of last week we talked about what we wanted to make going forward. And I think as we approach Thanksgiving, which is coming up on us hot, right? I don't know how many, we maybe got two more episodes before Thanksgiving. 
I want to present a couple of Thanksgiving-focused cocktails, maybe cocktails that you could serve as a punch or cocktails that you could serve in a large quantity to a group of people. And so this week, I really wanted to experiment with the base of something like that. And I did. And while I was experimenting with that, I came across this cocktail that I really enjoyed. And that is what I'm calling currently Orange You Glad it's not bitter. And it comes with two ounces of rye whiskey, one ounce of lemon juice, half an ounce of Cointreau. Although, as we were discussing the Martinez, folks, if you wanted to swap out the Cointreau for a Luxardo or a hearing cherry liqueur, this would be a good swap out. And then I also have half an ounce of a honey syrup. You take all of those ingredients, you put them into a shaker with ice, you shake them for 15 to 20 seconds, and then you do them as a dirty dump into an empty rocks glass. A dirty dump is when you just pour the entire contents of your shaker into the rocks glass and then you enjoy in that manner. It is a little uncouth. It is a little, shall we say, dirty bastard. Yes, that's right. That's right. It's something a dirty bastard might do. And and if you want, you can you could do a, a single strain over a fresh set of ice inside of a rocks glass. But why bother, really, folks? You know, save the water. And uh, and then yeah, so this is basically a whiskey sour, but with a little bit of a twist on the sweetener. And how did I create this cocktail? Well, honestly, I opened up my bar. And I said to myself, what is a good base for a Thanksgiving-focused or a fall-focused cocktail? And I said, well, looking at all of the choices that I had, and there were a lot of good ones, I settled on the rye whiskey. I went with whiskey because whiskey is, well, it's, it's good for any season, but I think it lends itself well to fall. Rye has a little bit of a spiciness to it right? A little bit of extra heat in the flavor. And I felt like that was a good fit for fall in terms of the spices that we usually put into our desserts and our cooking and our cocktails for the season. And that's how I settled on rye. And then everything was just a riff from there, right? If I'm going to make a rye, then the obvious choice at that point is to do a whiskey sour. That's where the lemon juice came from. Lemon juice, I think, lends itself to the concept of fall better than lime, which is why I went with lemon, plus most whiskey sours are made with lemon. And then from there, it was, okay, well, at this point, I would, if I was making a straight whiskey sour, I would just do simple syrup, but I didn't want to do that. I wanted to have something more fall-focused, so I went with an orange flavor, and I quickly settled on Cointreau, and then I thought to myself, okay... Well, that's probably not going to be as sweet as I want it, given that I have just experienced the month of bitterness. I want to add a little bit more sugar here, but I still want to stay true to the concept of fall. I want something complimentary. I want something inviting. I decided that I wanted just something warm, like honey. And I had a very fancy honey that was sitting in my bar for a little too long, folks. You know, I saved it. I heated it up. And then I combined it with some water to create a honey syrup. And then I put that into my cocktail. 
And so really all of that was just me trying to sit with a theme. And then I took a template that I was very familiar with, right? So the theme was fall or Thanksgiving. The template was a whiskey sour. And then I just made minor modifications that stayed on that template, but were complementary to the theme that I was trying to hit. And these were very simple changes. Like this is not a complicated cocktail. You did bring up one thing that I think is is important for someone who's just starting out is that you followed a template. So a sour template, finding a, a true t- already established template is a really good way to kind of start making your own because then you know, okay, on a sour, I'm going to have a spirit, I'm going to have a sweetener, and I'm going to have an acid. And as I said, I am really looking to develop a punch that has more flavors involved in it. But this was one of the recipes where I kind of went down a path and I really enjoyed what I had produced, but wasn't quite right for the ultimate finished punch that I want to make in the future. So so that's how I ended up here. Orange, you glad it's not bitter. <laughs> well, I, I just, I think it's interesting that we have two, two different cocktails that share some really prominent components to it. And mine is a very boozy kind of like, spicy kind of uh, cocktail. Yours is, with the honey syrup, a very citrusy and lively drink. And But both have whisk, rye whiskey and Cointreau in it. So I just, I love that. I love the fact that you can have two different drinks with very similar components and have two very different flavor profiles. I also think that, that I don't, that you're a little uncouth having a dirty dump in your drink here. You should always double strain, folks. Always double strain. Nah. Nah, dirty dump. You know, look. (sighs) Look, folks, here's how this goes. You get home from a long day at work. You step through the door. You close the door. Okay, what is the first thing you do? Right, you take off your pants. You drop them right there in the foyer. Foyer, look, folks, I'm not trying to be hoity-toity. The foyer is what is ever on the other side of your door. I've been to Ben's house. His foyer is like two feet long. Right, right. Okay. In my case, you have to dodge the large dog. I was just going to say, yes, the large Doberman will make it a little bit more difficult to take off your pants. Right, right. And, you know, once you take off your pants, we'll probably do a couple of sniffs, but we'll get distracted once your pants hit the ground and we'll go for the pants and then you dodge by them and you go straight to the kitchen. Okay. You grab a pint glass, you fill it to the brim with ice and then you go to your bar and you build up the orange you glad it's not bitter. You shake it up and you dirty dump it into your rocks glass and then you sit on your couch, your futon, whatever it is. And you down it because you are a hero and heroes deserve instant gratification without the constriction of pants. Okay, so you dirty dump. There's nothing wrong with a good dirty dump. Take that, Matthew. Okay. All right. Dirty dump. Whatever. All right. You know, drop your trow. Avoid the dog. Dirty dump. Yeah. Right. Well, there you have it, folks. The spirit of Sonoma 
and the Orange You Glad It's Not Bitter. If you liked either of these cocktails enough to try them yourselves, or maybe you made something better. Really possible this week. Really possible, <laughs> totally, folks. totally possible. Take a scot of it. Or maybe just paint a word picture and send it to us on Instagram, the Twitter formerly known as Twitter, Threads, or Mastodon. We love to interact with you all, and it really helps the show. You know what else helps the show, Matthew? Leaving us a positive rating on Apple Podcasts. And telling a friend, in-law, casual acquaintance, or a complete stranger, I don't really care, about our show. That's right. And on that note, we will see you all next Monday when we will be drinking these very same cocktails while Matthew and I discuss... Whatever the Giants world says we should discuss. Yeah, we'll be really close to when Conforto and Manea should be making their decisions. I guess it depends on when the Diamondbacks finally finish off the Rangers. Bruce Boshi, man, he's going to win it. He's going to come back and win it all. Are you, are you sure? No. Because I don't know that I can handle the D-bags winning the World Series, Matthew. Boshi's going to come through like, for us, man. It's just humiliating. And I know Dodgers fans and Padres fans are going to feel the same way. I mean, Rocky fans, they don't care. But I really feel like it's worse for us because, like, they're just going to wipe their feet on us. Anyway. Until then, Matthew, cheers, my friend. Cheers, man. Bye, everybody. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Giant Cocktails Podcast. Until next time, bottoms up. I forgot to mention the best part of my drink is forgetting that there's a Luxardo cherry at the at the bottom. And then when you're... Holy sh- there was a Luxardo cherry at the bottom of that? There was. And then it, you, you, it's done and it's like dessert after you finish your, your drink. This is amazing. I should have put two in there. You should have. If it was me, there would be five in there. All right, so let's wrap this up here. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, there you have it. <laughs> I was about to go into like a like a Scottish accent there or something. Kermit the Frog. Well, there, well, there you have it, folks. Well, there you have it. <laughs> well, there you have it, folks. <laughs> You're like an Irish Kermit the Frog. <laughs> yeah, it's like, ah. It's like, ah, 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 ah,